Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. Hello everyone and welcome to the pilot episode of Fiction Friends. And you're listening to me, Jet, and... Mariana. Yeah, hello. So um, (laughs) since this is the first episode, we thought that we'd do a quick rundown of what the show format's going to be like. So our show is designed to be friendly to people who have read the book and to people who haven't read the book. So in the first portions of the podcast, there will be a spoiler-free summary and a spoiler-free review. Just in case you're thinking of reading the book or not, you're still looking for reviews about it. And we'll give you a... We'll do a break in the middle of the review just to warn you when we start entering spoiler territory. Um, We'll be talking about our initial thoughts about the book, our favorite quotes, our favorite moments, and just our general feelings uh, about the book and and the kind of people that we we would recommend it to. And in today's episode, we will be talking about The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, which is about this shepherd named Santiago, who has a recurring dream about finding treasure near the pyramids of Egypt. He asks a gypsy to interpret it, and his dream was believed to be a prophecy that he will soon find treasure there, and then he meets people along the journey, taking with him important lessons from each one. So this book yeah. is rated 3.9 on Goodreads, and it is also mm-hmm. jam-packed with lessons too. So the book is written in third person. The way it's mm-hmm. been told feels like it's listening to a bedtime story. Yeah. So I read this book when I was a senior in high school, and I remember liking it more than I do now. So you know mm-hmm. how it has something to do with That's the time? the mood, yeah. the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And during the time you picked up the novel. So I'm not a fan of books like this, not heavy with lessons oh. and metaphors. Okay. So I usually end up overwhelmed by the time I finish. Right. But mm-hmm. the lessons that you get from this book is something that you can always take with you forever, but it's not something that we right. haven't heard of yet, especially people yeah. our age when you're hitting your 20s. I, th- I think that will be a general theme that we'll be going yeah. back to over and over again throughout the ro- uh, the podcast is that this book is the lessons are very universal. Yeah. Like they can apply to almost anyone. And that's why maybe um, you've encountered it- these lessons before or you mm. haven't. But generally, they apply to almost everyone. Yeah. So you were saying? So I was going to ask you, uh. aside from it being fiction, where do mm-hmm. you classify this book? Um, it, well, it's difficult to say because it's very, it's a very spiritual book, but it's also very philosophical and, yeah. but it, 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 it's not a religious book. It's not a philosophical book. It's, it's really a, an adventure book, I think. At yeah. Its core. Awesome. Yeah. It's a kind of story that even younger people can really get into. And just to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, when you said that you enjoyed it a lot more when you were younger, I have the yeah. same feelings and fun fact. I read this book when I was actually 15, I think. was the first time I first read it, yeah. And this was the book that made me realize I wanted to be a writer. 
my God. Because, serious? yeah, this was the first book that made me realize that books were, can, were <laughs> more than just entertainment devices. How you could use books to actually tell stories that have actual lessons and, uh, you know, deeper meanings that, yeah. that are more than just for entertainment purposes. And that's when I was like, oh, this is this is something that I can get into. And here we are almost 15 years later and I am a writer. And I, I guess it all started when I read this book. So I think it's interesting that it's also our first episode for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like maybe that is your personal legend. Mm-hmm. But we're going to yeah. be talking about that in, yeah, in a while. Yeah. So this is a essentially uh, Paulo Coelho usually markets this book as it, how it's a book about your dreams. It's about pursuing yeah. your dreams and your aspirations and um, the kind of approach and mindset that you have to pursuing your dreams. Yeah. I understand why you don't really feel like it's a it's a it's a mind blowing story because it's not. There's really nothing yeah. extraordinary about the story. It's a very typical follow your dreams kind of um, storyline. It it actually really subscribes to uh, Dan Harmon's story circle. Are you familiar with Dan Harmon? He's uh he's he's the writer and creator of TV shows like Rick and Morty and oh. um, Community. Uh, and he he's no he's popular for establishing what's called the story circle. So it's a it's a formula that he uses every time in his writing to create a story. Yeah. It starts with number one, a character starts in a comfort zone. Number two, but they want something. Number three, they enter an unfamiliar situation. Number four, they adapt to it. Five, they get what they want. Number six, they pay have they pay a heavy price for what they want. Yeah. And then number seven, they return to their familiar situation. And number eight, but having changed because of their journey. And that's essentially the formula of oh, the entire story. Exactly. That the alchemist is. So it's 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 nothing revolutionary. It's not there aren't any yeah. twists and turns. No plot twists, so no nothing. Don't expect that from this book. But having said that, this book really shines in the way that it's written more than the actual story itself. Because, number one, it had, for me, it has the most impactful prologue that I've ever read in any other book. Did you read the prologue? I forgot now. What, what was it, Agani? So, in the prologue, there was an alchemist who was going through a bookshop and then he was reading a story about Narcissus. And ah, we all mirror. know the story ah, of yeah, Narcissus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, yeah, I remember uh, now. He's the, the Greek god who... Who is too in love with himself, and yeah. he drowned in the in the lake because he was too obsessed with his looks. And then the story takes a spin on it by saying, uh, "So after Narcissus dies, the lake that he falls into turns into salt water, and so everyone just assumes that the lake started crying because Narcissus died, died and so the yeah. trees and the rocks around the lake were empathizing him. with him. Like, um, yeah, uh, we understand that." You're really sad that Narcissus died, but at least you're the one who got to look at him up close and really admire his beauty. And then the lake said, um, but was Narcissus beautiful? And then the rocks and trees were like, yeah, didn't you notice? And then the tre- the lake was like, oh, I, uh, I was too focused on my own reflection in his eyes. And I, yeah. I thought that was a really cute way to start the book. And it's like, oh, that's one hell of a prologue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I, I think that the book really shines in those little nuggets like that because it has a lot of short stories in it that are like a story within a story. You know, there are a lot of like parables and, and 
like little little quotes. This book is a hell of a quote machine. Like so many quotable quotes. Um, but you know, like, like when you're like when you're reading it, it's like you always yeah. stop to think about you uh-huh. also. Like right. the because because of like the lessons that it forces that it, introspection. Yeah, right. so we yeah. end up thinking mm-hmm. about us most of the time. Yeah, so there are bits, there are nuggets of wisdom that you can find all throughout the book. So despite the fact that it's like a, it's a basic, quote-unquote, basic story, it's yeah. just the way that it's written is is very endearing. It's very emotional. It's a very emotional book. Like, intellectually, it's not that stimulating, but it really, it really steers you up emotionally because it forces you to confront, like, as you said, your feelings and yeah. your general thoughts about the world and yourself. Yeah. So um yeah what, what what else What makes this book so popular like what what do you think makes this so popular is it because like a lot of people can relate to it or is it Yeah I think it it's really that um going back to what we mentioned earlier it's really a universal theme it's really a universal language like everyone can relate to the struggles of the protagonist in the book cuz it's about him pursuing his dreams and you know trying to find the courage to do so to do yeah and like everyone goes through that. No one doesn't go through that um, to a certain extent. So I think that's the universality of the message. It's really what makes the book really popular. What do you think? I guess that also. Yeah. yeah. I have the same thoughts. It was a short book. Really quick. I think uh, 180 pages or something like that. Uh, it was easy to get through it. Um, yeah. However, I feel like it could have been shorter. There were a few like conversations that are kind of off. Yes. So, so Paulo, Paulo has this way of writing wherein um, it's very, uh, it's he's very he's a very philosophical writer. Like he always wants you to dig into, he always wants you to figure out the meaning of what he's writing. But there are yeah. some conversations that certain characters have and you're just like, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> like, was that, was that even, <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Like something like that. So I just generally, there were some, weird conversations that didn't need to take place um, or, you know, weird lines that that I didn't really learn anything from and I feel <laughs> like they were very misplaced. Um, how about the characters? What did you think about the characters? Because obviously the book follows the boy, uh, the Santiago, yeah. the protagonist, but he meets a lot of people along the way on his journey. So I, do you feel like the characters that Paolo created for the story... Were they purposeful? Do you feel like you got the sense of why they were there? Or were there certain characters you were like, I didn't understand the point of this character? Well, for me, I feel like Fatima was also one of the most... The love interest. Yeah, the love interest. Yeah, Fatima love interest. was one of the most yeah. important characters also there because that's when he mm-hmm. found love also. Yeah. And that like, love and... was a big part of the book. Right. Like, and then another yeah. character... Aside from the alchemist, because of course he was one of the most important, yeah. not the most yeah. important. Um, yeah. The Englishman? The Englishman, yeah. Yeah, because... I feel like it, he's the most uh, confusing character for me. Uh, I mean, like... No, but, but go ahead. What, what, what did you like about him? Um, so he was, the Englishman was the person who introduced the shepherd to the alchemist. Not right. introduced, yeah. not introduced, introduced, but like yeah. he was the one. The concept of yeah. the alchemist. Yeah. Uh, he served a very a very specific purpose to the story, which we don't fully appreciate until the end. And I'll talk about that later in maybe the spoiler parts of the book. 
I honestly didn't expect much considering I haven't read this book in a long time, but I was delighted to still find myself appreciating this book even now that I'm older. And um, I like to think that I'm a lot wiser than I was 15 years ago. Yeah. But it's it's it, again, it didn't it didn't have the same mind blowing effect as it did when I was 15, but it's still an enjoyable read. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm probably going to pick it up again in a couple of years when I'm at a crossroads in my life. And that brings me to my next the next segment of our show. Who is this book, book for? Mariana? So this book doesn't really hit a specific gender. Because I see a lot of boys also posting about it. Recently, I've seen this book a lot lately. And yeah, yeah so it doesn't hit a specific gender. It's for everyone. And for personality types, I feel like people who read self-help will enjoy mm-hmm. this book. I agree. I agree. So it's the fiction <laughs> book for people who don't like don't to read like self-help fiction. books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it it uh, it reaches both markets. <laughs> yeah. 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 And for age, I'd say high school. It's beneficial to yeah. younger readers. But it's I such an inspiring agree. book that I feel the older group would also enjoy, definitely. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's especially for people who are like going through, I don't know, like midlife crises yes, or, or like are considering things like uh, making a career shift, you know, a change mm. of path, and then they're second guessing themselves, and they just need that extra push to make a decision. I feel like this would be a good book to read. Every time, but like in our life, Mangood, we're like going through something that I feel like this book can mm-hmm. help us with. Yeah. We're, so yeah, I, it I, might I, not be career. It might be love right. or, Correct. or right. studies and all that. It's a, right. It's a very universal message and it can apply to a lot of things in life. And again, yeah. that's that's what attributes to a lot of its successes. Um, yeah, so to conclude, um, The Alchemist is really... a. The kind of book that has a universal reach because the message is so all-encompassing it can apply to a lot of people and anyone if you're especially if you're in the process of making major decisions in your life i feel like this is a good book to pick up um it's a good motivational piece again it's a good book for people who want self-help but don't want to read self-help but it's also a good fiction book for people who love self-help um just to conclude this non-spoiler-free review, we're going to talk about some context and some trivia behind the book. Um, it was early, It's released in 170 countries, and it's been translated to over 80 languages. It's the most translated book by any living author. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It was first published in 1988. Um, Paulo Coelho is known to have wrote this, written this in two weeks. It only took him two weeks to write the book, oh which isn't really a surprise because it's a short book. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but he always says that even though he wrote it in two weeks, the process of figuring out the lessons to put into the book took him a lifetime. So uh, in, in that sense, beautiful. like, uh, yeah, in that sense, like, uh, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first edition of the book only sold 900 copies. Harper Collins eventually took a chance on it in 1993, and it became the book's big break. Um, it spent over 300 weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list. Yeah, it's free for it's free for download online. The author actually um, launched a site 
called Pirate Coelho and made all of his works available for download online. I think um, Yeah. Pirate and Coelho. in Russia, only 1,000 copies sold before before Paolo allowed launched that piracy site yeah. of, of himself. And after he launched the site, the Russian book uh, sold 200,000 copies. Whoa. So when he launched the piracy site, it essentially made his book even more popular. <laughs> yeah. Um, he sold the film rights in 1994 for $250,000, but he could never agree with producers about um, how the film version of this book would look like because he he always wanted it to stay true to its philosophical and mythical and spiritual roots. But, you know, um, Hollywood's always pushing for action sequences, especially in the desert, desert and the wars yeah. and the tribesmen. And uh, he, he didn't want it to be about that. So... Until now, like no Disney movie could... has been made. Yeah. Could I pull like it off. Disney yeah. could. I feel like Disney could pull off anything. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but, but, but this especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it's, it's essentially a very Disney brand, no? Following your yeah. dreams and everything and all that. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it but, reminds you uh-huh. of, I don't know, because yeah. it reminds you of the Little Prince also. Like the same I, setting, Langba. And then metaphors right. and all that. So while I was reading Which, it, I was like thinking also yeah. of the little prince, kind of. That's something a lot of people in reviews say about the alchemist: how it's a modern yeah. day little prince. Little prince. There are a lot of similarities, especially when it comes to the setting in the desert and all that. The, the little prince yeah. had a very successful movie um, a, a few years ago, and it was very well done. So I don't see why the alchemist can't be can't, exactly can't be a movie. Also, wait, was yeah. the little prince Disney? No, but it was a cartoon. Um, I don't yeah, know. I don't I think it was Disney, though. I think it was a French. It was a French company. company I'm not sure. Yeah. A French movie. Per- yeah. Yeah. So he sold the rights for the movie in to- 1994 for $250,000. And right now he's trying to buy it back. He's offered $2 million for it, but no one wants to sell it back to him. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, they know they have a gold mine. It's just a matter of waiting for the movie right. to get green. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's I guess that concludes the spoiler-free review of review. The Alchemist. Um, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. This concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you haven't read the book or if you plan on reading it in the future, then come back and join us for the conversation in the second part. back and we'll move on to the next portion of the review which is our favorite quotes from the book and get ready i think this is going to be a long one because this book is such a quote machine um mariana you want to give us our first quote i don't have that much quotes hannah i wrote down because i knew we would most likely be talking about the same same. quotes right so one of the first quotes and when you want uh-huh. something, all the universe conspires in helping conspires. you to achieve it. Yeah. It's like manifestation. Yeah. And it was in this part yeah. where they talked about personal legends or finding out your mm-hmm. personal legend. So before I proceed yeah. to the next quote, can you tell yeah. me what mm-hmm. came into mind when they were talking about personal legends? Was it you being an author? It didn't hit me right away. I just, I, at that point when I was reading it, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I just knew that I had certain skills and that I was excelling in certain skills. 
I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to be a writer. It was only after reading the book as a whole where I figured out um, nah, you want that I wanted to be a writer. a writer. But I feel like that quote, it's the I think it's the most quoted quote in that book by anyone. Um, a lot of people tend to go to that quote whenever they think of The Alchemist. And it's not one of my favorites because I feel like it takes agency out of it. It gives a false sense of security for a lot of people. Like, just yes. because just because you want something, um, the universe is going to give it to you. It. It's yeah. not going to work that way. Um, in reality, we know that it's not going to work that way. Work that but way. I don't think... I don't think that's what Paolo is trying to say necessarily. It's not It's not like just because you want something, the universe is going to hand it to you on a silver platter. And that's something no. that he emphasizes a lot throughout the book wherein you you have to you have to follow certain omens, you have to put yourself in a position to succeed, and you have to talk to the right people and make the right choices. And then you start, you st- the universe will start repaying you for the work or, that you yeah. do and the commitment that you put in. And yeah, so I think it's just make, important to make that to emphasize that that people are capable at any time of their lives of doing what they dream of this one also yeah now it's a hopeful quote but yeah. there are situations that will forbid you to do what you've always dreamed of especially if you have to weigh in things because you can't always yeah. just do what you've always dreamed of because what if your budget won't allow you what if mm-hmm. there are other external things but that will not allow you to be able to do what you've always right. dreamed of. Like, you know, like right. it's a sad, hopeful quote. There's this uh, article I read before. It was about Mark Cuban. He's the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He's on Shark Tank. A uh, yeah. really successful billionaire businessman. Um, and he's, he's, he has this, he gives this really, um, for me, poignant piece of advice. He says, yeah. um, it's foolish for you to follow your passion. Follow your interests. Like, follow the things that you're good at. Good at Pursue yeah. your interests. Don't pursue, pursue the things that you're passionate about. Pursue pursue the things that you spend most of your time on because that's the thing that you're good at and that's what's going to help you become successful in life. You can still do the things that you're passionate about on the side and et cetera, et cetera. And I think yeah. that's a more practical way of looking at things. It's a compromise. Nah. You can, you can, you know, you, you can have your dreams that the stuff that you're passionate about, but yeah. you spend time on the things that, that actually add value, the things that you're good at, the things that you can good really at. succeed at. And I think that's 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 the point. Um, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's I have a quote. True. Yeah, yeah, it might be one of my favorite quotes in the book. It's, uh, it's the possibility of having a dream <gasps> that makes my life next quote. interesting. <laughs> right. I was gonna say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, I expected it to be one of your favorite quotes because favorite quote. it's, 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 it's a really good. It's a solid quote because it, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's like up the, there. Because the reason a lot of us like slave away in life and just like continue to live our everyday lives and go through the mundanity of uh, each day is because we have dreams, we have stuff that we want to accomplish, we have stuff we yeah. want to get done, and this is this is this quote encompasses that feeling, right? Just thinking about all the endless possibilities, but like it makes you happy. It makes life yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, do you have a next quote? Hmm. Um, this isn't my favorite quotes, Bob, but like I feel like people should hear this. So mm-hmm. it goes, Every day was the same, and when each day is the same as the next, it's because people fail to recognize the good things that happen in their lives every day that the sun rises. So, mm-hmm. my pet mm-hmm. peeve are people who complain about being bored. Right. Because yeah, there's like, always something to do. To do, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
so many tasks to accomplish, things to look forward yeah. to. You can't be bored. And yeah, it's, it's just it's, a matter it's on of, you. It's yeah. really on you. That's so, right. That's right. When you complain about every day being the same. Yeah. The world's an amazing place, people. Lots yeah. of interesting things to do and see and explore and You can't learn ever about. be bored. You can't ever be bored. Especially when the, in the age of the internet where you can just search anything at oh my the, God. You can learn <laughs> anything. Of a finger. Yeah. You can never be bored. You can listen to podcasts. You won't be bored. Podcasts like this. Yeah. Um, I have a quote. Yeah, go, go. It's from the it's from the part of the book wherein he meets the old king, and then he's Mel asking Zedek. the old king if, yeah, Melchizedek, Mel- and he's Zedek. asking him if if he um can predict his future. Yeah. And then the king asks him for I think a tenth of his flock. Yeah. And then the shepherd was like, "Oh, but the fortune teller that I went to, she only asked for a tenth of my treasure." And I'm not even sure I'm gonna get my treasure. Can't you? Can't I just give you a tenth of my treasure or something like that? And then the king tells him, um, "If you start out by promising something that you don't even have yet, you lose your desire to work toward getting it." That's something that can apply to everyone. How we all just want it so easily, like we yeah. want the results immediately, but we don't even have. We're not willing to put forth the things that uh, that we we need to put forth in order to get those results. Yeah. And Definitely. I feel like that message it, it, it teaches us now we have to, we have to fall in love with the process more than just the benefits of the process itself. And part of that is having to give up certain things, giving up your time, giving up in some cases money to maybe yeah. put up a business or uh, giving up certain relationships, people who hold you back. You know, these these are things that uh, that are relevant in in modern day life. People, everything everything that we want. Uh, or aspire to have requires a certain it, it has a price and we have to be willing to pay that price so there's a there's another quote that the alchemist gives uh santiago yeah. it's a very simple quote but it carries a lot of weight it says um every blessing ignored becomes a curse and i feel oh, yeah, like i wrote that also i was gonna yeah, ask you about uh, it yeah what do you think about it before i oh, give i was thoughts. gonna ask you <laughs> okay i think uh I feel like uh, this works on so many levels. Number one, um, it's it's gonna eat away at you. It's it's, a, it's essentially a quote about not making the most of your opportunities and yeah. living life with regrets, knowing that you could have done something or that you could have pursued this path. And the curse that the alchemist is talking about is regret. That, you, you know, living I, a life, yeah. a regretful life, uh, looking back and um, wishing that you could have done things differently. So yeah, why did you write that down? As your as one of the favorite quotes. No, because like I was also checking to see but if you mm-hmm. would think of that quote the same way. And it's yeah, it's or similar lang. Aye, this one I, I I don't like I don't specifically like this quote, but but like, you know, people say this a lot. Na, mm-hmm. If I am really a part of your dream, you come back one day. Mm. Yeah. We're, it's 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 like a, it's about fate and destiny and stuff yeah. something like that. Yeah, serendipity. Like if we're meant to be, it will be meant to be. Meant to be. I I don't believe so. I feel like you control yeah. that. We talked about this earlier. That I mean, there are a lot of pieces of uh, conversation in this book that are just like, really, that's what you said. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot. Of, there are there's not a lot, but there are some 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 pieces of conversation in the book that are just like kind of off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, but the rest of the books. 
oh, good good enough for you to like overlook them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have another quote. It's, Go. It's one. Uh, so when Santiago meets the Englishman for the first time, yeah, he's uh, he's reading, he's obsessing over books about alchemy and transforming lead into gold and everything, right? Yeah. And so Santiago asks him, "Why do you read all of those books all the time?" And then the Englishman says. It's only those who are persistent and willing to study things deeply who achieve the masterwork. And again, it, it boils back to the whole message of you have to be willing to put the time in. You have to be willing to yeah. obsess over something in order for you to really, really succeed at Make it. Make the most out um, of it. Yeah. It's a universal lesson that everyone that applies to everyone in whatever discipline. If you want to be a master of anything, you really have to put, put time, time and, and effort, effort into it. Yep, definitely. Um. Okay, Go ahead. and I memorized this by heart. Um, it's a, it's a, tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than suffering itself and that no heart ever suffered when it uh, went in pursuit of its dreams. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people really need to learn. Like yeah. so many people deprive themselves of opportunities to get better in life or to climb and climb up higher in life because they're scared yeah. they're scared of the pain that they'll have to go through or the challenges that they'll have to uh, conquer in order for them to um, better their lives to improve themselves mm. and um, you have to get over that fear because it, it all goes back to if, if an opportunity is presented to you and you have a chance to get higher um, yeah it's not going to be easy but not pursuing that opportunity is going to be a lot more uh, painful. It's going to be a curse, yeah. as, as we've talked about. Yeah, so I think that concludes uh, my favorite quotes of the book. And I don't think you have any more. So we can move on to favorite moments. Mine kay only one. Only one stood out that I had fun reading about it. Um, mm -hmm. It's when he worked for the Crystal Cellar. Back in the day, um, it wasn't really a problem. Like finishing the book, starting the book wasn't really a problem. But like now at this point in my life, um, it was hard for me to get past the part where he met the the king. Right. Like you know how you have right. to reread it like a million times. I don't know. That's how I well, felt. Why is, that, like, why is that hard for you? Uh, I, this is such a bad thing to say, but I just got bored. Nah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you got bored at the part where he was in the crystal merchant's place? No, no, no. That's my favorite moment. No. The crystal ah, okay. merchant. That made me continue the book. Ah, okay. Because it was, right. for me, the most interesting part. But like something was finally, you know, happening. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Because he yeah. was just talking about his crush. But he had a crush on this. Do you remember the name of that girl, girl he had a crush on? I don't remember. I the, don't remember her name either. And then but he yeah, was talking about yeah, the maker and all that. Supposedly so. a pretty girl, yeah. Mm. But I feel like so that moment when, when... he I think he spends a full year in the crystal merchant shop. And yeah, that was I think my favorite that symbolizes, part. I think that symbolizes how sometimes Sacrifice. you can get sidetracked. Yeah, you can get sidetracked. Yeah. You, there are certain things that you really have to do as you're pursuing your dreams. Uh, yeah. And that's okay. You don't always have to rush into success, immediate success, because no one gets immediate success. Rarely, people rarely get immediate success. You have to go through a certain process and everyone has, goes or at their own lucky. pace. And yeah, yeah. Or, or you could just be lucky. Um, and he just had to go through that uh, that process of working at the, at the merchant uh, shop for a year. Yeah, 
and I feel like that was that was a very good metaphor for Oy. embracing the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you know how also I just realized that now you know when you graduate, the right? there are some some of our classmates they already have something planned out for right. them. Like you're so gonna work, business, yeah, stuff like that. for the family yeah. business and and like that, or for people who wants to like who want who want to start a business, but um, it is also essential that you work for somebody, you learn from somebody to learn from like, someone else. Yeah, yeah, that was mm-hmm. the the one of the lessons also that the crystal seller was like invoking to us readers. Now sometimes there's something to be learned from everyone. Yeah, so yeah. it's mm-hmm. best to. Start first as this an employee, things like that, yeah. and then learn Work from it. Up. And then, mm-hmm. like, you don't have to do it for how long, but at least being able to try and experience, well, yeah, that is right. a big help mm-hmm. to your future yeah. and the things that you have to do, yeah, after. So, I feel exactly. like, yeah, that's why I also like that, yeah, exactly. I agree. So, what's um, yours? That's it, that's it for yeah. me. Ah, I have one, okay, so. When Santiago meets the old man, see Melchizedek, the king. Yeah. The old man has this quote. So it's actually a quote and a moment, but I just wanted to say it now. It's uh, the old man continued. In the long run, what people think about shepherds and bakers become more important for them than their own personal legends. So they were were talking about how um, people become more concerned about how other people People perceive them and what their status are, what their status is, as opposed to what they, they want feel, for themselves, yeah. what their dreams are, and too often, I mean, I can name a lot of people I know who like who made certain choices just because they were afraid or they were influenced or induced into By, pursuing this course or yeah. you know trying out this job for the first time. I was like that. Like, uh, I, I I have an IT degree and I, IT? I didn't know why. Yeah, I have an oh IT degree. Oh my god! <laughs> because I thought Whoa. that um, that's what that's what the responsible child would do you know get a high paying job what a smart child would do yeah would pick yeah so i was like okay i'll I'll get that but i had when i got out of college i hadn't i didn't have any intentions of going into corporate or doing it as a profession and and, and so yeah it's it that struck a chord within me um that particular moment in the book and here i am writer um Yeah. Ah. So oh. earlier we talked about I, I brought up that this book is filled with a lot of short stories. Yeah. So there was the prologue, um, the really cute prologue about Narcissus and Narcissus, the twist to yeah. that story. But there was also another story about um a child who sought wisdom and then he went to the wise man who made him go around his castle with the Do you remember that short story? Huh? Yeah, so the story, the short story goes that there was this young boy who who wants to learn the key to happiness in life. So he goes to to this wise man in their land and he lines up uh, waiting his turn to ask the wise man his question. Well, what's the what's the key to happiness? happiness. And then the wise man says, "Okay, um, go around my castle. Um, I, I, carry around, <laughs> carry around the spoon, uh, this, yeah. Uh, yeah, the spoon with a candle on it." Uh, the sp- the uh, carry on the spoon with oil, I think, or um, yeah. something like that. And don't make it drip. Yeah, and then, yeah, don't make it drip. And then the first time he goes around, he's so focused on the spoon that he doesn't pay any attention to the the beauty of the castle. And then 
he comes back to the old man and then he, he, he says, okay, I didn't spill the oil in the spoon. And then the old man says, okay, but did you see my very nice yeah, so, windows yeah. and my very nice linens and cloth? And then he was like, no. And then the old man said, okay, go around again. And so the boy goes around and he observes everything, the nice, the nice architecture of the castle. And then he comes back, but he realizes that there's no more oil in his spoon. And then the yeah. old man says, that's the key to life. That's the key to happiness. It's making sure that you stay focused on the task at hand without, while also being mindful of the beauty of the life around you. And I feel like that's such a, that's Paolo Coelho at his best. Like that kind, that kind of storytelling, it's, I, that's why I read Paolo Coelho. He really shines in those in the short stories like that. And he, a lot of his books are filled with short stories like that. And I always go for those. Those are always my favorite moments in his books because they're filled with so much wisdom. And yeah. he uses so little words to convey them. And that's the kind of uh, writing that inspired me to become a writer. So, yeah, um, I love that moment. I love that's that short nice, story. That's nice, Vital. That short story. Yeah. Ah. I, going back to your favorite moment when Santiago was talking to the merchant in the crystal shop. Yeah. Um, and the merchant actually had a dream. His personal legend was to visit Mecca because he's a Muslim and he yeah. wanted to, to do the, the, the obligation of Muslims, which is to visit Mecca, the holy land, their holy land. And um, I feel like I know where this is going. Yeah. The, the merchant tells him like he was too afraid to actually do, pursue his personal legend because he was too afraid of what his life would be like once he would actually attain it. Like he felt like his life would no longer have any purpose if he achieved that dream. And yeah, I wonder how many people actually go through that kind of uh, problem. What do you think? Like if you had your dream within your grasp and you're like, you do experience that melancholy of, Oh, I'm going to succeed at this. But what does it mean for me now? I've achieved everything I want to achieve. Like, but I don't know because like I'm young, man, good. So I feel like yeah. you know, like you want to try everything, but it's not something no matter about. Right. Oh, this has been a dream, but I already mm-hmm. have this responsibility. I'm already too old. Like I, I, well, thank God, I didn't yeah. have that yet. Yeah, I think I have a I have a moment with the Englishman. So Santiago's always wondering why the Englishman is so obsessed with the books and he's always yeah. reading books about alchemy and everything. And then he has this like, internal mono- monologue with himself, like a realization he has about why um, the Englishman isn't doing it right. It's, and it's, it's, it's essentially like, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, he says, like uh, you can't always uncover the world's secrets by reading books, but you can read the world like a book if you just learn to pay attention. If you just listen to the science and the opportunities around you, which is um, applicable to a lot of people, like we can prepare ourselves in theory by reading and studying a lot, but nothing beats actually just putting yourself out there and immersing yourself in the world and just, right. Yeah. So school is everything you get theoretical, you know, you you, you get a vague idea of what the real world is going to be like. And then once you're there, it's different. And then once you're there, it's different. And that's when you just like, have to figure things out on your own and yeah I, again it's a very universal message everyone's message, gonna be able yeah. to relate to that mm. okay so i have another favorite moment yeah and then i'll read it out essentially the alchemist and santiago are in the desert there they come across the tribesmen the people who are at war with one yeah, another yeah. and then the tribesmen um they the tribesmen reprimand them 
and then they look through the alchemist's things and then they see the philosopher's stone and the elixir of life and then they ask what are what are these things yeah. and then the alchemist says that's the mas- that's the philosopher's stone and the elixir of life um whoever swallows that elixir will never be sick again and the fragment from that stone turns any metal into gold and so essentially the the the, the tribesmen laugh at him and then they just leave them alone instead of, yeah, um, instead of taking them as prisoner them. and whatever yeah and then the and then santiago says what did you do that for why did you tell them that uh we had such valuable things here and then and then and then the alchemist says to show you one of li- uh, to show you one of life's simple lessons when you possess great treasures within you and try to tell others of them sell them or you believe it, it it happens a lot wherein you 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 believe in your own potential and then a lot of people um ridicule you laugh for having you, these dreams laugh at you <laughs> yeah you know like you you can you can say like i want to do so many things i want to i want to write the book i want <gasps> i want to be a successful businessman i want to start a yeah. podcast or whatever and then people will be like okay sure whatever like uh, yeah. they won't take you seriously but all of that external noise shouldn't matter um it's really what you want to do what, and yeah, just exactly. pursuing yeah yeah pursuing what you want and again it's it's a little instances like that like he always manages to bring it to the general theme of the book just staying true to what you're supposed to be doing and who you want to be um and i think that's my last favorite moment um that i wanted to talk about do you have any more i don't have any like explanation for why it was my favorite moment but i feel like it's well it was just interesting when he was yeah. like helping the chief, uh-huh. I don't even oh, remember it the, vividly. The parable, like a like a, he had a dream there was going to be an attack, and then um, yeah, that. he told the chief that uh, there was going to be an attack, and then they didn't believe him because the oasis was supposedly a place of peace, peace and yeah. nobody attacked the oasis. Because and then they and then they ended up believing him, and then they gave him the the because it's essentially a callback to Joseph the Dreamer. Yeah, that that that. Um, yeah. When um, and that was when Joseph yeah. the Dreamer was also introduced. Again, it's Paulus. He incorporates a lot of different religious beliefs. So it's there's yeah. Islam, there's Christianity, there's Buddhism. There there's different philosophies, and I think um, the reason why he does that in his books a lot is because he just wants to be uh, inclusive. Uh, emphasize the idea. Yeah, they emphasize the idea that you know this this these messages aren't just for Christians. For Christians they aren't yeah. just for. Islams, they're, Islam, they're yeah. uh, Muslims. They're for they're for everyone. They're um, it's a universal message, and it's it's principles that apply to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I think we can go to our general final thoughts and comments about the book. Oh, well, the book in general, it makes me feel like I'm reading something that was required for class. Right. But yeah. this is the part that I didn't like. It's very preachy. I have yeah. to admit, the book can get very preachy, preachy. at times. Yeah. The part uh-huh. I didn't like was when he was trying to turn himself into the wind. I feel it. I feel like uh-huh. it would be the height of everything if it were a movie. Like if you were watching, right. the scene would be like there. Right. But right. That while I was reading it, I felt like uh-huh. I just wanted to get it over with. Like, oh my uh-huh. god, oh my god, can this end already? Uh, that's just yeah. me, huh? Like, that's just how I felt about Because he has that. conversations with, with the, the sun, sun the and wind, he has conversations and... with the wind Ooh. and the sun. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh yeah. my god. I feel like it was hard for me to decipher what that particular segment of the book was trying to convey. But I feel like it was a representation of, of something. Um, having to show a certain willingness to change. You have to you have to show a, a certain flexibility within yourself yeah. in order for you to get what you want, 
And I feel like that's what that moment of the book represents. Represent. I feel like it could have been written better. Yeah, maybe it could have been written better. <laughs> um, I'm not even sure if that's really what Paolo was trying to say, but I guess, it's, I guess it's open to interpretation. I guess you have to go into the book understanding that it's really Paolo's style to incorporate some kind Magic, of magical, yeah. uh, magical uh, facets to yeah. the storytelling. Because I think, yeah, I, I, magical realism. more. I think that's really where he shines also as a writer. I want to talk about the role of the Englishman. Yes, yes. Um, I was waiting for that. It took me a while to figure out what his role in the book is. Like, what what was his purpose? And I, I realized it towards the end when um, the the alchemist um, tells Santiago that everyone has their own journey. Like, everyone can achieve alchemy. Everyone can achieve turning lead into gold. It's just that it's not going to look the same for everyone. Yeah, like that guy wasn't for the ready Englishman for and. Right. For the Englishman in particular, like he was he was so obsessed with turning lead into actual gold that it may not have been what his personal legend is. Maybe he was taking things too literally. Yeah. And I feel like he represents a lot of people who are still struggling to find what their real personal legends mm. are. And it's okay. It's okay. Even if you're an older person um who's still struggling to figure out what your personal legend, legend is. is, what yeah. your true purpose is like um it's fine just keep at it and just trust in the omens and trust in your trust in your instincts and just let your passions and your skills and your specialities guide yeah. you towards making that decision yeah uh-huh. so i think that concludes our favorite moments from the book do you have anything else or do you want to move into our final segment which final is thought. general thoughts and comments final thoughts and comments so do you want to yeah. start mine is so short long that okay. we go to different go places searching for happiness without even realizing that what we're looking for is just right in front of us or right next to us. And it saddens me at the same time mm-hmm. because today was probably one of those days we wished for in the past. And sometimes we forget to celebrate yeah. moments that we prayed for, moments we were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. If anything, the past year has taught me to get as much happiness you can in a moment. And this book had more or less the mm-hmm. same message also. Like it was like mm-hmm. the whole yeah. journey, but there yeah. was a time that he was very, um, he was so gold. Santiago was so gold driven that there were times in the book where he forgot about the journey. And it was like the people yeah. he met that made him realize that, right. oh my God, enjoy this moment. Yeah. This is, you know, I mean, like, yeah, these, the these are the best parts, parts. especially yeah. when I'm not. Yeah super into love stories but especially when he met Fatima because he met the Mm -hmm. love of his life and then that was very important like it was just as important as finding the treasure because you can also consider her the treasure because finally he found love she could also be his personal legend oh my god this is love like you know like when you realize that yeah so um, I felt like that one, the journey and everything, that's one of the biggest lessons mm-hmm. that I also got from the book. It's yeah. living in the now. Mm-hmm. It's enjoying yeah. this moment. Trusting yeah. in the process, enjoying the process, embracing that yeah. one. Which are, again, universal yeah. themes that everyone should be able to relate Tumblr to. It applies to everyone's yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, for me, I guess 
again going back i mean it's it's really not a revolutionary story mm. like it's very basic uh boy goes in search of his dream finds his full, realizes his dream um, with a few challenges along the way and then uh, he changes as a result of his journey it's not groundbreaking in terms of its story structure i mean even paulo coelho himself says like he doesn't understand um he doesn't understand the why the book is as successful as it is um <laughs> but but if he were to give a reason he says that it's because he feels like uh, the message of the book is something that you know resonates with so many so people, many people. And it, it, um, regardless anyone. of age bracket regardless of uh gender or what your interests are yeah you can there's something for you in this book um this book might not be for you but there's definitely something in this book that you will be able to relate to and take to heart and that's the biggest strength of this book i feel like um it, it it's it transcends genre it transcends tastes it transcends um personal preferences because yeah. There's something in it for everyone to take away, like The Little Prince, you know, books like that. It, uh, it's universal in its language. And um, I think Paolo was very intentional when he told that story. And he did a good job of writing, writing it out that. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, he, he can get a, a little convoluted sometimes with the way that he wrote conversations. As I mentioned, like uh, there were some parts of the book where I was just like... Um, really i don't understand that part or like i don't understand what that guy just says like there are certain characters who 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 seem like they're giving some important piece of advice or wisdom and, and just, i just click. don't understand any of it it's like oh, okay that's too highbrow for me like i don't understand that <laughs> but um they were it wasn't too many i mean it was just a few times and yeah it's, it's not enough to tarnish the book so it's it's a book that i've read Pro, one, it's one of the books that I've read repeatedly oh, yeah? um, over and over again throughout the years. Yeah, um, And I feel like I'm just going to continue to pick it up again in the yeah. future. I, I feel like it's also sentimental to me. It, like I want to go back to um, how my thought process changes throughout, throughout the years the, also. Like how time. will I feel with, how do I feel about this book's messages as yeah. I get older, um, as I become quote unquote wiser and more experienced. And yeah. Um, Again, because it, it transcends time, and uh, I feel like there's something that I'm going to be able to pick it uh, to pick up from it, regardless of from what age I'm going to be. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Um. It's very endearing. It's very emotional. I always say that in books, there's there's intellectual learning and there's emotional learning that you can derive yeah. from stories. In this book, there's not so much uh, intellectual learning. Like you aren't presented with facts Fact, or figures. Yeah. Um. It's there's it's not it's not. A historical account of important events but it's a very emotional book because it really tugs at things that resonate with you emotionally yeah the last thing i can say there's a reason why it's a really successful book and why it's the most translated book by any living yeah. author right now so yeah um do you have any final thoughts that you want to share that was it so i guess that does it for our pilot First episode. episode and uh we hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about the alchemist and please do subscribe to our podcast follow us on our social media at fiction friends ph on instagram you can follow mariana at mariana g Vorella on instagram and me at jetluga on instagram so um thank you we hope to see you again on next, our next for, episode uh, our next episode it'll be a surprise we'll, we'll tease you on social media so follow us on social media and we'll, we'll you'll get a better clue what we'll talk about in the next episode so ciao see ya bye bye